All right, take your Bibles and turn over to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. We are continuing the theme of Ghana, Pastor Felix Arma. His life verse is Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is a great verse. Back in the 70s, it was the second verse I ever memorized through the Navigator topical memory system. And uh, I've never forgotten it. And, uh, and it just so happens, the reason why we're preaching on it this morning, it is Felix Armagh's life verse. Felix Armagh's life verse. You can see there are easy three, four, five points that just preach on their own. You don't have to turn anywhere. You could literally preach a five-minute sermon this morning on just those points. You, everyone would understand exactly what he's saying. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm crucified with Christ. There would be a good first point. Uh, nevertheless, I live. There would be a great second point. I live by the faith of the Son of God. There's the third point. Who loved me and who gave for me. Five points. You want to have the invitation now? Because that's it. But we'll stretch it a little bit. Not too bad. I know you guys normally get out late because you have a long-winded pastor. <laughs> Evangelist, I was raised on 20-minute sermons. Dr. Lee Robertson, 20-minute sermons. Only ran about 5,000 in his church, but Tony, uh, there is so much time. I am going to turn this over to Earl for a little bit. Earl... He's a tad long-winded, too. <laughs> Pastor Taylor up in Orville says, Earl, take a couple minutes, and uh, he does not know how to do that. I told him, take five minutes, and he doesn't know how to do that. But uh, for years, I wanted to go back to Ghana, but because it was Africa, yes, I was a little fearful. The stories you hear about and read about and uh, about getting sick, so... So I, went off. so I looked at Earl maybe a year ago. I said, Earl, I'll go if you go. <laughs> That's very spiritual, right? right. <laughs> um, he said, let's go. I said, okay. So we went. And uh, you know what? Didn't get sick. Didn't even come close to getting sick. Um, um, it, was, it was just great. God blessed everywhere. So Earl, why don't you come on up here? I want him to speak from his heart because uh, his heart is bigger than my heart, and his heart is softer than my heart, and I want you to feel Rodil's heart because he said, yes, I'll, I'll go. Short terms, it doesn't matter. Nine days, ten days, your heart can be touched. So, Brother Earl, why don't you come on up here? Take all the time you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By, by a show of hands, who wants to come up here in this microphone right now and talk? <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't enjoy this. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, but when you have something to share 
and say to other Christians and encourage them, you got to say it. So that's when we go to a, a mission field for a week and pastor says, I give you five minutes. I don't know. You know, that's a tough thing, thing when, when God's working. You know, uh, Kurt said this morning in prayer that we have a mighty God. And pastor said that we see God working. That's why I go on the mission field. We go to Cuba and we go to Ghana or China or wherever. We see this. You know, you don't know it's the same God till you get there. We go and see the same God. We could sit in Ghana right now and, he, and Felix Khalid service. It'd be the exact same thing that pastor does here. Reads from the same Bible, sings the same songs, preaches the same gospel everywhere. And that's what's encouraging. Um, as far as my, the, the toughest thing about going on a missions trip is leaving. Uh, we get there. If you go to the Philippines or China, we're going to a city. We go into slums, but we're going to a city, comfortable city, where we can get everything we need and have everything we need. You go to Ghana or you go to Cuba, we're going out into the rural areas. We're talking long days, uh, and we, we're usually on foot. So it, it can be tough. It, it, and we, when we went to Cuba the first time, we said we're not coming back. Well, seven, seven trips later, yeah, you know, we get back here. And we, we're leaving people that haven't heard the good news. And we know that. And maybe they'll hear it. Maybe not. We, cro- we, people, we cross people's path every day that need to hear the good news. And guess what? You know it. And guess what you're doing with it? You're holding it. You're keeping it in. You know, encouragement. Uh, do the best you can. Because guess who does, who does the following? We do. Who does the leading? He does. <laughs> anyway, I, for you to feel, see my heart for Cuba, I'd have to see some of the slides, and then, you'd, then I'd break down and cry. And then you'd, it, it just, that ain't going to happen right now because, uh, <laughs> anyway, I just encouragement to, to go and do what you can. Yes. That's, all we, that's what we do. And we don't know what to expect. We just know that God's in charge, and all we have to do is show up. And he's going to do the lead. Thank you very much. He took probably less than five minutes. I shouldn't have said anything. Are you there? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Um, Point one. Crucified with Christ. Who's that describing? You. Me. You know what that means? Let's, let's, let's take that deep theologically. I mean, you're, you guys can handle deep theology, right? Here's what it means, crucified with Christ. You ready? You're dead. You're dead. I don't care who you are, you're dead. Can grasping that change your life? Yes. We're in the flesh, and our flesh wants to live a little too much. The truth is we're crucified with Christ. We are dead. And uh, Paul said that he dies daily. Amen? So he has to kind of every day remind himself, you know, I'm, I'm dead today because Paul's still in the flesh. You and I are still in the flesh. Jesse, you're an engineer, right? The truth is you are a dead engineer. I'm an evangelist. Amen? I'm a dead evangelist. Your pastor is really a dead man. That's what it's saying. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care what job you have. I don't care if you're retired. You're dead. What do you do for a living? Groceries are, you're dead. You're dead. Now you can look in the mirror and say, oh, wait a minute. No, no, I'm, I'm quite alive. But the reality is, the closer we get to being dead, the more that God can do with us. Paul not only died daily, but he said in Romans chapter 12, I'm a living sacrifice. So how can you die and live at the same time? That's the $64,000 question. What did Jesus say? That a grain of wheat had to what first? Die. Had to die. Our flesh has nothing to offer. We're dead. Felix Armagh, if this is his life verse, as he said, the first thing Felix wants to come to grips with is I'm a dead missionary. I'm on a foreign field in Ghana. I'm a dead man. And uh, that is crucial to understanding where we want to go this morning. Um, You know, contextually, Paul might be talking about being dead to the law. Dead to the law. Because he talks about people trying to keep the law to get to heaven. Uh, The great truth here is that the soul that sinneth it shall die, because that's what the law said. So do you want to live to the law or die to that? We'd want to die to that. Um, When you got saved, you made a great choice. You decided to die to the law, because if you didn't die to the law, it resulted in hell. But by dying to the law, by being crucified with Christ, that equals heaven. So that was a wise choice we would have made of choosing Christ. We're dead. That's point one. The second thing he says, nevertheless I live. A living sacrifice. Now, what I want to focus on is that Paul says I live because not because of me, but because Christ liveth in me. That's why we live. The Bible teaches that in Christ dwelleth the fullness of God. Christ says, I am in you. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So if Christ living in you, what automatically comes with him? The fullness of the Godhead. That is what's supposed to be alive in us. Now, if I'm going to run my own show, that's not good. That's not good. If you were to make your own human fleshly decisions, that would not be good. You've got to look at yourself tomorrow morning when you wake up and you're looking at Mary, you say, I'm looking at a dead man. You'd be accurate theologically. And then look closer. 
look closer into those eyes and you see, wait a minute, I see the fullness of the Godhead in those eyes. And that can change the way you live that day. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead. Nevertheless, I live. Because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit lives in me. That's what Felix would be saying. When he ministers in Ghana, it's the Godhead. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I think, that, that we labor together with God. We are partners with the Trinity. The Trinity dwells in us. It wants to live through us. Therefore, it's not our heart, it's Christ's heart that's in us. It's the Father's heart for souls that's in us. It's not our faith. A fleshly faith in the mission's budget? Boy, I know churches. Every December, do we take on a new missionary? They look at the ledger. Can't do it this year. That's a fleshly decision. How many pastors and churches rule their church by the bottom line? It's not like it's your own home. In your own home, there is a budget you have to live by. But when you step into God's house, he's in charge of the ledger. That's the heart. That's the faith. The priorities. It's not our priorities. In the flesh, we have our own set of priorities of what's important in our life, what we're going to do this next week. We have a list. My wife has a calendar that rules our home. Kathy, I got to go to the dentist tomorrow. It's not on the calendar. <laughs> I still got to go to the dentist. <laughs> Ah, priorities. Christ liveth in me. You know what Christ said? I must work the works of him now while it is day. Because night cometh when no man can work. It should be Christ's priorities that run our life. It ought to be Christ's faith that runs our church and our missions, our giving. If he hadn't started off with, I'm crucified with Christ, then anything can go. You can justify. My flesh says, you know what, I can't uh, afford a new missionary, or this church can't do anything, or won't step out by faith. But he started off with, you're dead. You don't have any rights, any choices. It's because of what Christ does. So does Christ dwell in you? 
Does he? Does the Godhead dwell in you fully? Sure. So where will the Godhead go this Saturday at visitation time? Where will the Godhead go then? Where will the Godhead go tonight at 5 o'clock? Where will the Godhead go at Sunday school time? Do you see? We're not really dead, are we? Too much of our flesh rules our bodies. What a beautiful crowd this is. But you put 11 o'clock service as a priority. And some of you didn't put a Sunday school as a priority, and you won't put a Sunday night in, and Lord help me on Wednesday night. Because the attendance keeps getting smaller. Sunday morning, Sunday night less, Wednesday night less. I've told you before, what's the smallest group that's going to meet in this church every week? What's the smallest group? I've said this before. Let's see how long, how many of you paid attention? The smallest group that meets on a weekly basis in this church is which group? No, it's not Wednesday. Are you kidding me? Come on. Wake up. It's what? Not Sunday night. Ah, see, you're thinking one way. I already gave you a clue. Saturday. You still meeting on Saturday? I came on a Saturday not too long ago. I think we met in about five chairs. Oh, me. But you're dead. So don't let your flesh rule you. Christ is in you. So let him lead you. Let him lead you. This is Felix's life verse. The reason why I really like this next point, look at it, because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna translation is a beautiful thing. I love translations of scriptures. Look carefully at what Paul says in the translation. He says, I'll start at the beginning, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, the life I'm supposed to live now, though every day, 24-7 hour life, I live, look at what it says, by the faith of the Son of God. There's a preposition there. You ever look, how many prepositions are there in the English language? There's a bunch. I mean, and every little preposition gives a little slant of a different interpretation. I'm only going to use two. I live by the faith in the Son of God, right? My faith in the Son of God. I want to live by my faith in the Son of God. That's one pre- ends the preposition. The second preposition is one the translator chose. Of. I'm going to live... <clears throat> By the faith of the Son of God. Do you, do you see the little nuanced difference? Do you see it? I don't want to crunch a square peg in a round hole here. To live in the faith. To live of the faith. Now, our faith, 
our human faith up, down, up, down. But the faith that Christ exhibited for his 33 years on this earth, was it up and down or up and up? And it never came down, did it? Paul says, if you are dead and Christ liveth in you, then the faith of the Son of God he exhibited here on earth for 33 years is supposed to be whose faith? Ours. Our faith. So you just kind of play with the words a little bit. Look at it again, verse 20. I'm going to live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God. Whose faith? Jesus Christ's faith. Now, which one, which one matches Christ living in me? His faith? Does that match? It should. I'm not going to live my life based on how much faith I have in the Son of God because today I have great faith and tomorrow when something bad happens, my faith drops off. But I'm going to live by the faith of the Son of God. That really struck me. You know, we read verses. I told you in the 70s, I memorized this verse. But just this last week, as I'm looking at this, I see that, I say, wow. I, for Christ to live in me, I got to have his faith and live by his faith and not my own faith. Do we exercise our own faith in many things in our life? Yes. Do we get in trouble sometimes? Yes. You'll never get in trouble exercising the faith of Christ, right? You'll never get in trouble. You might get executed, did he get executed? Yeah. You might get executed for it, but you'll never make a mistake. Never. So whose heart should be in ours, our bodies? Christ's heart. Whose will should be in our, us? Christ's will. Whose priorities should we live by? Christ. Whose faith should we exercise on a daily basis? The faith of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Simple. <clears throat> so if you are dead and Christ does live in us and we have the same faith that Christ had while he walked this earth, Paul goes on to say, who loved me? <clears throat> who's kind of, whose love do you want to have? The love of Christ? Because if it's human love, oh, I love you, brother. What's your name again? Billy. Huh? Billy. Billy. I love Billy. I do. Billy touches my heart. And then Billy does something I don't like. I don't love him so much. And then he says something I like. Oh, I love you again. 
Boy, that's a human fleshly love. And it's not what Paul is trying to teach here in Galatians. He's saying it's Christ's faith in us. It's Christ's love in us. And what's the last point? It's Christ. He gave his sacrifice in us. Wow. Could that change our life? Sure. If you gave up your life as Christ gave up his life, if you gave yourself towards other people (coughs) as he did, if you loved as he loved, if your faith was his faith, it would be life-changing. Life-changing. And this could be a great life verse for you. Do you have a life verse? I think I remember years ago I preached on what's your life verse at this church. This is Felix Armas' life verse. What's your life verse? Do you live your life verse? Mine's Matthew 25, 21. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear those words when I enter into heaven. For me to hear those words when I go into heaven, what must I do here on earth? I've got to be faithful. I've got to go. I've got to give the gospel. I've got to witness to people. Because if I quit, I might not hear those words. So a life verse can motivate us, spur us on. If you had seen a Felix Armagh there in person, you would have seen as a man of faith. That was Christ's faith we saw. Man, did he love people. That was Christ's love we saw. Man, he sacrificed. Did you hear what he said? in the Sunday school testimony. How many, let's test you. Here's your test, you that were here. How many times a week does Felix Armagh lead his congregation out into the streets to be a witness? Four, four, anybody else? Did you hear it? Four times. The last two summers, I've tried, (laughs) the last two summers, I've tried to get our people in Oroville to go out three times in 120 days. It was like pulling teeth at the dentist's office. We tried it down here two summers ago. A lot of you I heard did, but maybe not all. Three times in 120 days. That's the America fatted calf that I referred to. We're fat and sassy. They did it in one week's time. That church went out, the people in that church went out more than our church went out in four months. And it could be that same here, statistically, I don't know. So... We might be living in the flesh a little too much. 
Christ might not be living through us as we think. Our faith, hey, do you believe if you go out, somebody will get saved? You know what most of you would say? No. Because you don't see it when you go out. But guess what? If you reverse that, I'm going to go out on visitation this Saturday because I believe someone's going to get saved. That's life-changing. That's life-changing. You say, and then nobody gets saved. Ha, 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 ha. No. You obeyed and you went. And they may not have gotten saved that hour, but guess what? An hour later, a week later, a month later, a year later, what you taught and put in their mind and heart, the Holy Spirit brings to fruition later down the road. We're so caught up on uh, We need to see instant results. No. You need to be faithful and going and obeying. So, it's simple. Five points. You got it memorized. You don't even have... One. <clears throat> Crucify with Christ. You're dead. So quit living in the flesh. Two. Nevertheless, Christ liveth in me. That's the Godhead. That's the Trinity. So if Christ is in our hearts and wants to live through us, who wins? Our flesh or the Godhead? Who wins? Who wins? I'm as guilty as anybody. My flesh wins too often. Somebody's going to win this week. Somebody's going to win. Either your flesh or the Godhead. And I live by his faith. Not my faith in him. I live by his faith, the same one that he exercised for 33 years here on earth. I loved as he loved for 33 years here on this earth. I gave, sacrificed as he gave, and as he sacrificed when he was on this earth. So let's check the boxes. Are you dead? Check. Does Christ truly live through you? Mm. Let me put that one aside. Is your faith at the level that Christ's faith was because that is Christ living through you? Is your heart of love at that level because that's Christ living through you? Is your giving of yourself, your time, your finances at the same level? Jesus Christ was the first missionary, was he not? Wasn't he not? Did he leave anybody behind? Missionaries leave their families behind, right? Did Jesus Christ leave anybody behind? He left his father. He left heaven for what? This earth. He left 72 degree temperature for 99 degrees and 88% humidity. And if someone didn't wash his feet, he would maybe smell a little bit. 
Which boxes are checked in your life? One? I think everybody agreed with that one. If you're saved, you're dead. But whether Christ lives in you, that's what you're going to have to decide. Whether you live by his faith, that's what you have to decide. Whether you're living by his love, that's what you've got to decide. Whether you are sacrificing as he sacrificed, that's what you've got to decide. So if you go out the same as when you came in this morning, you were untouched. Shouldn't you go out of church different than when you walked in? You should. Because the word of God should have spoken to your heart and the spirit of God should have convicted, illumined something. All right. And I get on a horse and I ride away. Because I don't go to church here. I go somewhere else. Decide which box are checked for your life. And fix it. Fix it. Fix it. I'm my wife. I've got blood vessels in my because my wife's got a honey-do list of me building something. I'm a white-collar worker. I don't build. I was bleeding. Look at my hands. I'm a preacher. I'm, not, I'm only supposed to get paper cuts. I got hammer smashes. One, two, three, four, five. That sucker bled like crazy. And my wife Scolds me for bleeding on the floor. Where else do you want the blood to flow? Water leak. Put the floor down. Ah, oh, it looks so nice. It looks so nice. Oh, wait a minute. Why does it give too much here? Why, why does that give too much? Well, we'll just nobody stand in the corner. We'll put, we'll put a flower pot in the corner. Nobody can stand there, and it won't give. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. This is, this is day four, okay? Flower pots are great choices when the floor goes. And then finally she said, no, we got to start over. I just screwed in 12 screws. Yeah, but okay. So we screwed it out, lifted that floor up, looked. I didn't put a brace under there. I had to fix it, didn't I? You and I, we need to fix it. 